This is On Point, a podcast about bringing humanity to leadership communications. I'm your host, Andrea Lekashoff, President of Broadreach Communications. podcast is going to be a departure from the others that we've done this year. I've decided that the final podcast is going to focus on me and that's something I'm not always comfortable with uh, and that's why I work in PR. I love to be behind the camera, behind the story, uh, behind the executive being profiled and uh, truly behind the scenes. So this departure puts me uh, front and center and the journey that I've been on this year Uh, and I would actually be lying if I said I'm excited to tell the story, but I'm going to do it anyways. 2021 has been an incredible year for me. I have grown, uh, I've evolved in so many incredible and unimaginable ways, to be honest, and Broadreach, the PR agency that I run, has evolved with me. And I'm excited to share with you where we're going to go in 2022. Um, But if we're starting at the beginning of this year, I would quite honestly say it was terrible. Uh, The start of this year was most likely the most difficult, if not the most difficult time of my life. And in the midst of COVID, and as Wharton professor Adam Grant said in his New York Times article, I was languishing. And after all of the busyness in my life in 2020 had subsided, I had nothing but my work to focus on. And that might seem fine to many people, and it might have seemed fine to me before, but I had uh, addressed the fact that I, over a course of, I don't know, maybe many decades, but certainly many, many years, was a workaholic. And I realize now that uh, in many uh, cases, that was to avoid the realities that I was going through in my life. But I had dealt with that and I was no longer addicted to my work. And and so I was languishing at the start of this year. And by contrast, 2020 was such a busy year and I had no end of projects to focus on. First, there was COVID trying to deal with the realities of all of that. I turned 50 in May of 2020. I was separating from my husband in 2020 as well. So we sold our family home in February, had to move out of our family home by July, bought a new home, moved into my former husband's basement for four months as I renovated my home. Then I moved my kids and myself out of that home on Halloween and then finished up the major reno that I had undertaken. And while all of that seems disjointed, and it was, um, it was a busy year. It was a productive year. It was actually quite an exhilarating and exciting year to undertake a renovation and really create a space that was totally reflective of who I was as a person, um, of, of my family. But when that was done, when all the moving was done, when all the renovations stopped, And at the start of this year, and I was alone in my house for the first time, I, I honestly didn't know what to do with myself. Um, So I ended up watching a lot of Netflix uh, to really just numb my feelings. In fact, I remember um, 
I remember, and I'm I'm laughing at myself one afternoon at one o'clock, and I am not. I will watch a movie every so often, but there was one Saturday afternoon at one o'clock, I literally had nothing to do. And I'm not a person that has nothing to do. I sat down to watch all three Hangover movies. And for whatever reason, I watched them backwards. And that was a huge mistake on my part because I didn't have the context of the first uh, movie to get me through the other two, but it was, it was for me that bad. And, and as painful as languishing was upon reflection, now that it is December 2021, it truly was the best thing that could have happened because it really took me to a point where I discovered tools that could help me get through that. And these are lifelong tools that I have taught to my children as well. And, the, and many of them are based on energy psychology. And I started tapping, which is a tool that I had learned 20 years ago, actually, as a student when I was at Ivy, but my logical mind uh, didn't believe it would work. And I, I didn't harness this tool. Um, and I often wonder who I would be today if I had harnessed and, and mastered that tool way back when. And what tapping is, and I described this on, on LinkedIn in one of my articles, it's emerging into the mainstream as a way to help people who have depression and anxiety and fear, or even just strong emotions. And that's truly how I use it right now. And it releases emotions that get stuck in your body, which can affect both your health and your mental health. And there are many studies uh, proving this, uh, which I find so fascinating. And many of you will likely know that you, your therapists um, are seeing dramatic shifts in um, patients who incorporate tapping into their regular practices. And I've, I've taught this, uh, and I have a smile on my face, I don't know if you can hear it, taught this quite successfully to my daughter, and she loves it. And whenever we have a disagreement, um, we will both go to our own rooms, we will tap it out, and we'll come back together and talk about it in such a rational way, and uh, a, a loving and caring and harmonious way that if for nothing other than communicating with my 10 and a half year old daughter, it has been uh, truly a gift. So th this whole series of months, uh, it was probably four, four and a bit months where I was truly languishing. It, it pushed me to walk through it. And there's an expression, I don't know where it comes from, feel the fear and do it anyways, really feel the pain and the only way to get through it is to walk through it. And that's what I did. And I was also introduced earlier this year to Peter Crone. And Peter is a mindset expert. And he talks about human potential and performance and about choosing to not just survive, but thrive. And that really spoke to me. That, that, that sentiment has always spoken to me. But there was no greater time than earlier this year that, that I, I needed and wanted that. And he talked about tending to our subconscious minds, something that I've never really delved into. And you do that in order to affect how you show up outwardly and to free ourselves from the fears and limiting beliefs that we've built up over a lifetime so we can actually just live our lives without uh, our teacher's voice in our head or our 
parents or grandparents lessons that served them when they were children, but perhaps no longer serve us. So I started working also with a hypnotherapist to release deeper emotions uh, from my childhood. And we all have them. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about deep-seated trauma. I'm talking about beliefs. Ina truly helped me peel back the layers of emotions and, and limiting beliefs in particular, those limiting beliefs that I acquired without even knowing it. And we looked at them. And I'll, I'll give you a, a for example. I'm sure you all know someone who is shy or someone who is outgoing or someone who is quiet or someone who is loud. And you think, well, that's just their personality trait. And from everything that I've learned this year and everything I've read, personality traits are just things that we believe about ourselves. And we believe them so long and we embrace them so deeply that they become a personality trait. And it can go either way based on the person. So really what I've done with uh, my hypnotherapist who's helped me access. It's its truly, people think of like a pendulum that you watch swing back and forth. But, but the gift of working with certainly a hypnotherapist is helping you define who you truly are versus who you think you should be and who society has taught you to be throughout your entire childhood, your adolescence, your young adulthood. And I would say that this has been one of the most difficult at times, excruciatingly difficult things that I've done. And on the flip side of it, one of the most freeing and rewarding things I've ever done. And I was willing to do the work. I was really willing to dig into who I am, why I am the way I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, and really define what I'm willing to do about it so that I could, and this is going to sound trite, live my best life. And and perhaps it's not live my best life, but truly show up as the person I want to be, as the mother I want to be. And you might be wondering, what does this all have to do with leadership? Because this podcast is about leadership. And I would say that it has everything to do with leadership. It has to do with everything about how we show up at work how we show up for our friends, how we show up for our family, how we engage with our teams. And this is where it becomes really interesting, how we engage with our bosses that we report to people in positions of authority and how we engage with our subordinates who report to us. And I would really posit that how we are raised and how we respond to how we were raised really defines who we are as a leader, because we all have so many unhealed traumas, little t traumas. Oprah has a, a great book that she published this year called what I believe it's called what what happened to you. And it's about the big t traumas, but also the little t traumas, all the little paper cut traumas that happened to us along the way. Uh, the person who made fun of you, the person who put you down and you internalize that and you take that on and it becomes part of your personality. So the more you can examine that and get rid of those unwanted parts of your personality, of your life, of your beliefs, the stronger you will be as a leader, the stronger you will be as a colleague. And frankly, the less baggage you need to haul around with you. 
So that's why I've chosen to share all of that with you, uh, especially since it was not an easy start to the year. But the healing that I've done, the issues that I've dealt with have really been so liberating and so freeing in so many ways that I understand and and I bet in ways that I don't yet understand. Um, in May, I made my separation widely known uh, in a few articles I wrote on LinkedIn. Uh, that was easier to do than I thought. I was um, quite surprised at the private and public messages of support that I received from people who have been in similar situations, um, some who have been uh, brave enough to make uh, a move to stand up for their own happiness, and, and some who are still working on it and aren't sure of their path forward, um, but were brave enough to reach out. And I want to, in particular, applaud them for the courage to do so, for the courage to even engage with what, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here, because it's, it's, it's for so many, and, and I'll say women in particular, who are married, who are working, who have kids, they get caught up in life and put everyone, everyone ahead of themselves. Uh, many of them find themselves in their 40s, their 50s, in their 60s, um, staring back at themselves in the mirror and wondering who they are, who they've turned into, why they've decided to put everyone except themselves first. And I am proud of myself for making that move for myself because, and it's, it's not as though I'm not putting my children first because I still on many days will wake up early and uh, curate things, do things for them and then focus on work. And then at the end of the day, focus on myself, but I have space to think about what makes me happy to uh, do things that make me happy to spend time with friends. And that is, that is a gift. That is um, a gift that I gave myself. And it is the best gift that I could have given myself. And I, I wish that for anyone who is looking for that in whatever form that takes. Um, and it does take courage. And it does take feeling the fear and doing it anyways. And I can tell you quite clearly that as difficult and heart-wrenching and, and painful as that might be, the other side is quite sunny. The other side is quite calm. Uh, the other side of that is quite peaceful. Not every day, not every hour, but there's way more calm and peace and happiness on this side of things than there was before. And, and a hundred percent of that has to do with me. There's, there's no looking outwards here. It's, it's all about looking inwards. And I've been fortunate enough to be willing to put in the, the time and the work to get there. Um, and uh, I will say that it is worth it. I did a lot of lecturing at Ivy, uh, the Ivy Business School on communications, and that was a delight. I loved each and every class that I taught, and it was a pleasure, it was a privilege, and 
uh, my goodness, both the MBA and HBA students were so bright and so engaged with so many great questions. And I'm, it makes me really hopeful uh, about the leaders of tomorrow and they are committed and they are passionate and purposeful and uh, really um, willing to stand up for what is right in the world. Uh, so that I loved, loved that part of this year. Um, in terms of our agency, I'm proud to say that we've won a few more industry uh, awards for our, our work. And we've done an incredible amount of really important, I believe, executive profiling, uh, which is a passion of mine. And that is working with senior leaders to tell their personal and their professional stories to not only just humanize them and their companies, but to drive visibility for their business goals and objectives. We've, we've done that quite successfully. And I know that 2022 will include a lot more of that work. And the interesting thing about that work is the majority of our clients in this area are women. And so I'm proud of female executives for taking the time, which they typically didn't before. Um, flip it around a few years ago, and the majority of our clients were men. And these are women who are successful. These are women who are at the top of their game, not only the top of their game, the top of their industries, who are taking the time out to position themselves as the industry leaders that they are, talk about the successes they've had, but also the failures in a really vulnerable and beautiful, I think, way. And I'm proud of them. I'm proud of each and every one of them. And I applaud their courage and their vulnerability. Um, in August, um, this was definitely a highlight of my year with all of the self-reflection I've done this year, there's, there was one fear that I've had, a lifelong fear of heights, which after a bunch of therapy, I realized was a, a lifelong fear of falling. And that came from uh, five-year-old me uh, up at our family cottage. Uh, I fell off our balcony and split my head open. Um, I'm very lucky to be alive because my head truly was split open and the nearest hospital was an hour away. And once I understood that it was a fear of falling, I decided to climb a mountain. And it wasn't a walking climb like I did 20 years ago in October when I reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. This was a real mountain climb. Well, real meaning it was a, a climb in British Columbia uh, by Via Ferrata. And what a Via Ferrata is, it's a series of rungs and chains uh, that help uh, a novice uh, mountain climber uh, up and over a mountain. And that's exactly what I did uh, at Mount Nimbus in BC. I found CMH, Canadian Mountain Helicopters. They do beautiful treks in the summer uh, via heli hiking. So you get onto a helicopter, they drop you off near uh, a mountain peak and you explore parts of mountains that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get to or would take days to get there. And they do heli skiing in the wintertime. And so there was a trip. It was a four-day trip that included, if you wanted to do, a Via Ferrata climb of a mountain. And I decided to do that. And within two weeks, I was at the top of this mountain. And I got there by climbing up sheer mountain faces 
with, I can't even describe it. Like literally I was, I didn't even look down, but I knew that on my left was like a vertical 2000 foot drop. Uh, to my left would have been a vertical 3000 foot drop. I crossed a suspension bridge uh, that if you look at it was something that would have made my heart stop before I, uh, within two weeks did um, a bunch of tapping and some hypnotherapy and reprogram my mind within two weeks to be able to accomplish that. And I would say that that is one of the things that I am most proud of this year because I set a goal. Uh, failure was not an option and it was all about success. And I, pro- I reprogrammed my mind to do it and I did it. And if you look up Mount Nimbus, um, please do watch the video of Rick Mercer climbing Mount Nimbus because it'll give you a beautiful sense of what uh, this accomplishment entailed. And if this is something that you uh, would want to take on, I would highly encourage you to do it. It's it's not for the faint at heart and you really do need to look at it as um, a challenge that can be achieved because if I can do it, uh, and it sounds trite to say that, but if I can do it, anyone uh, truly can change their mind uh, to do that. And I'm also proud that the Ivy Business Journal just published an article that I submitted to them on the uh, leadership lessons I learned about transformation and and truly changing my mind uh, to change my life. Um, so if that's of interest, I'd uh, I'd encourage you to read that. Building on that in October, I did the CN Tower Edge Walk. Uh, which was, uh, if you can believe it, more terrifying than climbing that mountain in BC. I only did it because my 82-year-old mother, Lovey, wanted her family to do that. She is so courageous. She just got up there, she tossed out her hands, and she leaned off the edge of that tower. It took me a lot longer. I didn't even reach out both arms. I still held on to the rope with one arm. But my goodness, I know, I know where my courage uh, comes from. My, uh, my son, my 13-year-old son, Dylan, uh, joined us. He was just like his grandmother, threw his arms out like he was standing on the edge of a sidewalk. Uh, my sister joined us, uh, and she uh, was remarkable as well as her, her boyfriend, uh, David. I was amazed at that and what an experience we will have. And you know, as I get older, I'm reminded by the fact that things, things in life really don't mean much at all. It's the experiences that we all have. It's the stories we tell. And I'm very, very grateful for that. In November, double-edged sword, but very much a good thing. I gave up the gorgeous Bay Street office I created five years ago. Um, it actually was a very easy thing to do given COVID and given that it had sat idle for uh, a year and a half. And um, this office was beautiful. It was simple. It was elegant. It was so polished. And instead, I'm now in the midst of creating uh, a very creative, it'll be very, very different uh, and super inspiring home office uh, for myself because we will all be working uh, virtually. And I'm excited because this home office will be just as reflective of who I am uh, as a leader, as my home is now reflective of me as as a person. And uh, I can't wait to um, get into it in 2022 
And uh, I'm, I'm someone who's very much affected by the space that I'm in. And this space is going to be unlike any other space I've had. And I have a feeling that next year will be my most creative uh, year ever. So I'm very excited about that. And I've been really excited and delighted to host this podcast on point. Uh, we uh, launched it um, after COVID. It's about bringing humanity to leadership communications. For those of you who have listened to it, you'll, you'll know that. We've had some amazing guests on uh, the podcast. Uh, we've had my friend Jill Nicolation, the CEO of Juniper Park, and I'm proud to say one of Canada's top three most powerful CEOs. I love that. And I'm so proud of her. And she is changing the world and she is changing uh, people's lives. And she is incredible. Um, we've had a formal U.S. Naval Commander, Mike Abershoff, on the podcast. And we go back um, 20 years, 21 years, actually, uh, when I was at Ivy, an MBA student at Ivy, uh, we invited him to be a, a speaker um, at um, Leader Lab, which is uh, something I co-founded uh, with a friend. And if you can believe it, uh, only 20, 20, 21 years ago, Ivy's first global uh, webcast, they called it a webcast back then, event, the first time the school and its alumni had ever been united. And that was something that we did it that I'm super proud of. And Mike, um, if you are looking to bring in a powerhouse of a speaker to talk about collaboration and talk about what he did on the USS Benfold. Please consider him as a speaker. When I was um, consulting with Deloitte, we brought him in to speak with um, the CEOs of the best managed companies. And I've never seen a line of CEOs so long uh, lined up to speak to someone. He He's just amazing. Uh, we had an Ivy Business School professor talk about communications. We had a master improviser and improv expert, Bob Culhan, uh, on the podcast. Dr. Greg Wells, who talked about optimizing performance. The chairman of AMG Campbell talking about his book, The Focus Effect. It's been a really wonderful and um, exciting year for the podcast. And I've loved each and every interview and I've learned something uh, from each guest and and also about myself during during every interview. And on a personal podcast note, I have loved listening to Smartless. Uh, for those of you who don't know it, the hosts are amazing. I, I, they, I just think of them and get a smile on my face. Will Arnett, uh, who's Canadian, uh, from Arrested Development, Jason Bateman uh, from Arrested Development, Sean Hayes from Will and Grace, the three of them combined are magic and they it takes me back to my high school days and university days where I used to I used to hang out with some of I don't know how to put it the boys that were just so funny um and these boys are just that and they interview they're it's called smartless because they they say they're not so smart but all three of them are whip smart and have great questions and are super funny they interview people from Jimmy Fallon to Sandra Bullock to United States Surgeon General to Chelsea Handler, and they will entertain you like no one else. And I would say finally my kids, in terms of my greatest teachers this year, um, in addition to the work that I've done on myself, they have yet again 
been my greatest teachers this year. They have made me laugh. Uh, they certainly have made me cry. Uh, they make me proud. And I love to care for them. I love to be able to love them. And they show me where I need to grow, where I can be more flexible as a person and how I can love them better. And I learn that on a daily basis. And I just want to thank them for every lesson they have consciously um, and unconsciously taught me this year. It makes me a better person and it certainly makes me a better mother. The final focus of my year will be a personal project that I'm going to take on next week. And it's an idea that I got from a Tony Robbins fireside chat that I listened to last year as I was cleaning out uh, the mess that was, and frankly still is my basement after I moved into my house. I listened to this uh, podcast of theirs over and over because I think it's, it's something that uh, we could all benefit from doing because it's, it's, it, it's grounded in the science of achievement. And what Tony Robbins and his uh, wife and his family do every year is they pull together a presentation. And I think they do theirs in PowerPoint. It doesn't need to be fancy, but it's, it's a summary of all the big accomplishments um, they've achieved. And frankly, I'm going to do this just by going through my iPhone uh, from January to December of 2021. Um, all of the big accomplishments and the little accomplishments this year, um, the magic moments that I'm grateful for, the challenges and the circumstances that caused uh, me pain at the time, but that really pushed me to evolve and to grow and to build resilience and ultimately become who I am in this moment. And um, this is particularly meaningful for me because I've shared so much on LinkedIn about my journey publicly. Um, but upon reflection, I haven't really shared, I've shared a bunch with my kids, but not, not as much as I've shared, uh, with others. So for me, this will, um, complete the full picture and it'll also be an exercise in teaching them that sometimes the smallest memories and moments are the most important. It's not the big trips, not that there have been any lately, um, it's not the things that we've bought. It's not things that money can buy, but it's, it's the moments that we've shared, the challenges that we've successfully faced that make up a happy and quite frankly, successful and rich life. So I look forward to doing that for, um, myself and for my kids next week. And that pretty much summarizes my year. So I want to thank you for listening and indulging and allowing me to share my thoughts, my feelings, um, and what I've been through this year. I want to wish all of you a fantastic uh, 2022 full of intention and full of joy. And I hope that wherever you are, you have a wonderful holiday season full of rest, some relaxation and whatever it is that you need um, to get ready for the new year. So thanks for listening. Bye.
This podcast was produced by Broadreach Communications. I'm Andrea Lekashoff, and thanks for listening. For show notes and additional resources, visit brpr.ca forward slash podcast.